Hi, everyone. This is David Cohen, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Brad Feld. Hey, Brad. And this is the Give First podcast. And in the startup world, Give First means simply trying to help anyone, especially entrepreneurs, without any expectation of getting anything back. So we'll be talking to mentors and founders about what Give First looks like in action and how it makes great entrepreneurship possible. We polled everyone and they said consistently that their favorite part of the show was the legal mumbo jumbo. So here it is. The following discussion is an expression of personal opinion and does not represent the opinion of Techstars or any company we discuss. Our conversations for informational purposes only, including any mention of securities or funds. This is not legal business investment or tax advice and is not intended for use by any investor. Certain of Techstars funds own or may own in the future securities in some of the companies discussed in this podcast. Got it? Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Give First podcast. I'm very excited to have an amazing human on the show today. Sean Paul Shaner is joining us. Sean Paul has a very interesting background, long, very background, but also has been very, very involved in the Techstars ecosystem globally as a Startup Weekend facilitator and other things. Uh, Sean Paul, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Yeah, thank you, David. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. So we want to learn a little bit about you for those that maybe <laughs> don't know you around the world. You know, I was scrolling on the LinkedIn and extremely interesting sort of uh, career path, entrepreneurship, startup coaching. How do you describe yourself today? What are you focused on? Yeah, that's always a fun question. Um, I think I'm always trying to trying to figure that out. And yeah, that kind of represents on my on my LinkedIn. Today, I would say I'm a startup coach, pitch coach life coach. I really try to help people kind of push forward, push through barriers, figure out what your next step is, and kind of just get ignited in trying to do something. But as you see on my LinkedIn, it wasn't it wasn't always like that. I used to, for about 10 years, run sports events uh, in Dubai, India, and, and Oman, golf events specifically. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you, it looked like you started off in the world of golf and, and maybe hospitality as well. And then how did that sort of pivot come about? And how did that lead you to something like Startup Weekend? Yeah. Well, I'm half American, half Norwegian. And in certain circles, I'm, I'm called an oil brat, an oil kid. My, my dad was in the oil business. So we, we traveled around a lot. I think I had 16 schools in 12 years. And the first time I'd lived in the States was actually when I, when I went to university. And when I was there, I, I had started with a finance degree. But somewhere, I think in two years in, I sort of realized that I didn't really want to be wearing a suit all day long and, and, and running numbers, even though I was good at running numbers. So I ended up adding hospitality as a way to just kind of see, you know, I was always passionate about food or passionate about events and, and different things like that. So I ended up graduating hospitality and finance. And as a graduate requirement, I needed a, a thousand hours of volunteer work while I was in university. So I ended up volunteering my time at a golf course in Dubai, one that I've known quite well growing up. Sorry, I graduated high school in Dubai and elementary school. So I, I just kind of defaulted into golf. When I finished university, I went back to the same golf course, ended up managing the members, uh, about 1,500 members. And it's also the venue for one of the top golf tournaments in the world. Um, it's actually the one where Tiger Woods got paid two and a half million dollars just to show up and hit a few balls around. So good gig if you can get it. Yeah, you know, super, super good gig. Two, two and a half million and hit a ball. And, you know, there's, there's all sorts of other fees for things like that. But, you know, that, that aspect was actually 
a little bit of what I found over the seven or eight years of running these, I mean, chaotic, huge events. I mean, we were an organizing team of 12 people, maybe 15, but we'd be managing probably upwards of a thousand people, whether they be volunteers or suppliers. And at some point I started to lose the drive or, or I started to actually, you know, look at myself and be like, okay, wait, hang on a second. I'm rubbing shoulders with Tiger Woods, Henrik Stenson, these other golfers, but I don't even have a handicap. I don't even like playing golf. I was always the one saying, no, no, it's okay. You guys go play. I thought, you know, I don't want to. So, you know, it took me like a decade to actually realize that I wasn't passionate about golf. I wasn't passionate about what I was doing, but I really loved events. I liked running events. I liked working with people. I liked organizing chaos. You know, this is very kind of startup-y. I just didn't realize it at the time. There's a long story and a short story to, to, to the end of that little, my, my golf escapade, but the little short of it is that I just went flying into a wall, was completely demotivated, didn't know what to what to do for the rest of my life. You know, today I help motivate people and push them forward. You know, at, at that time, I, I literally sat there and said, you know, there is nothing in the world that I can do other than run a golf event. And that was not a fun thought to be playing with. But I uh, packed up my bags and I actually came home or home to Norway where my where my parents were just to try to regroup and, you know, kind of see what else is out there. So there was a period of time there where I was hanging out at my parents' place, um, you know, eating food, all that, all that good stuff. But, you know, you're 29, 30 and you're back home. So that, that was a humbling process. And then, you know, as moms do, they find a way to find an answer or, or something. And I remember she came with this newspaper ad or something in the paper and it, and it said, hey, 54-hour workshop, entrepreneurship, startup weekend. Hey, this sounds interesting, mom says, you know, get out of the house and go for the weekend. So I went. Seems like she's trying to get you out of the house. Primarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure. I, th- I think I've been home maybe for two or three months at that time. So I think they were definitely happy to, to kick me out and, and, and see me try and do something else. I think this was, I think this was in 20, 2012. And I just absolutely had my mind blown. It was here in Stavanger where I am now. It was the first time in my life that I actually worked with strangers to do something. It was the first time in my life that you could do a lot, like build a logo and do it in 10 minutes. No problem. Build up a website for free or five bucks. Go outside and see if you can go get a sale now. Go and get some feedback. Now, all of those aspects were completely the opposite of the whole business world that I, and the event world that, that I was actually in. We were messing with budgets of millions. It would take months sometimes to make, to make some sort of decision on some things. There wasn't much collaboration in terms of trying to figure things out or can we do this better? Can we try to solve this? There's just a very kind of business as usual attitude about it. But I didn't really realize that there was this whole other world, you know, entrepreneurship. So, yeah, I don't know what rock I was sitting underneath. But but yeah, I didn't really even register the word or the concept of an entrepreneur until probably I was 29 or 30. Wow. Listeners will appreciate the fact that I'm not going to go for, not going to go for the dad joke around losing your drive in golf, but it sounds like it sounds like you found it when you sort of you know went to this event, this startup weekend. And for those that don't know, right, there's a thousand or so startup weekends that happen all around the world every year. So you showed up at one of those, and 
sounds like it just opened your eyes to, hey, I could I could do something like this. I could be involved with something like this. Yeah. And it was so cool. You know, we, we ended up coming up with um, a project called Anybody, which the, a couple of us on the team were, were international kind of oil brats like like me. And, and we were saying, hey, there's a need to connect locals with with foreigners and kind of coming into the country and creating kind of a kind of a concept around that. And we actually went went forward with it for for a little while, you know, which which is really interesting, just kind of activate. And now looking back on it, I kind of see how these pieces came to place. But I didn't know what I could do professionally, but I knew that I could run events. I had a great time at Startup Weekend, and they asked for organizers. So my little in-step into entrepreneurship today was, was literally saying, hey, okay, well, why don't I help them run some Startup Weekend events and see how this entrepreneurship kind of feels with me? And that process continued. I participated and then I organized, started helping with the events. Somewhere along that route, I started to really understand that I liked the way facilitators were running events. I liked the way that they were kind of leading and getting people moving and getting people going, which was very similar to my golf, although you weren't kind of on a stage, you weren't kind of on a platform or in that kind of leading role, you were kind of in the background putting pieces together. I just kept volunteering my time at Startup Weekends. I volunteered my time at other accelerators and other events here in, here in Norway. And I just started to get the bug, David, really understanding that people really have awesomeness inside them. There are some really cool ideas, really inspirational stuff that people have but they don't know how to actually produce it. They don't know how to activate it. So I don't know. I kind of found a little bit of a niche of, of working with early stage startup companies, working with entrepreneurs, working with people who are not entrepreneurs, you know, like me. I think that's so cool to show up at something and just completely changes your world, right? I became a Startup Weekend facilitator. I don't know what we have on the paper there. I think it was about four years ago. So I just find it an honor to, to be able to cruise around, go to new cities here in Europe, meet different ecosystems, inspire people, get them going. It's a dream job, you know, and, and, and it's awesome to be able to, to be able to give back that way, you know, to the facilitators and the organizers that did it for me. Well, you, t- you talk about it as a, a dream job, but you've done 13 or so of them in eight countries you've facilitated. I'm sure you've gotten paid really, really well for that, right? <laughs> yes, lots of lots of water and lots of food. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so you got us some pizza out of that. I mean, that's a very much a, a give first activity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're showing up to help others, you know, sort of figure out their dreams and make progress on them. What do you get back from doing that? What, how does that pay off for you? Yeah, you know, the, it, it pays off huge. For me, you know, now I sit as a, as a startup coach. And when I get to go to other cities and get exposed to, say, 50 to, to 80 individuals that, that many of them are in the same situation as me before, just being able to stand inside that role and being able to help and see it from the other side is, is a really big upper for me. Doing the startup weekends themselves in this, in this give first kind of perspective gives me energy because it's early, early, early stage, right? You know, my, my job is sitting kind of early stage. This is so early that it's inspiring to, to remember how, how maybe ignorant or terms that I didn't know and things like that. It's really, it's really cool to be able to give that back. From another perspective, every single city I go to, there are 10 or 15 of, you know, CEOs or coaches or lean coaches or marketing gurus. They're all there for the mentor madness on Saturdays. And I've made an, an insane amount of cool connections through the years that, that we're still in touch. And when I go back to different cities, we're meeting up. I've even gone into business with one of the coaches that I've, that I've met at those things. So it's just a super bonus. 
I would probably pay to be able to go to these <laughs> things. <laughs> well, we won't make you do that. Although it's a good idea. I think, uh, you know, yeah, well, <laughs> send a check to, no, don't. There you go. No, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we get tons yeah. out of it. I mean, look, you're a top rated startup weekend facilitator in the world. Uh, the feedback is always incredible from, you know, other organizers and attendees about you, your energy. You know, they all say you, you're the last one to leave, right? Like, you don't have to do that as a facilitator, <laughs> but you don't leave until the last people leave at night, right? And I don't think I should, you know, I like, I like hanging out. I like being there. The those hours at that late night on Saturday when, when the teams are frustrated, when they're struggling, you know, and to, to be able to mentor and, and help them, you know, a 15-minute conversation can really open up their world. So I'm there for the Startup Weekend. One thing I heard you say that I thought was really interesting about Startup Weekend is that you, you're really coaching, mentoring, advising, even those that don't know that they're entrepreneurs yet. Yeah. You know, I have a little bit of a theory here. I, I think everybody on this planet inside has an entrepreneur inside them. We just put a label on it and people don't really understand that that's what they're doing. You know, entrepreneurs are independent thinkers. Entrepreneurs are curious. We know how to ask questions. We're willing to pivot, move left and right, collaborate, work together. And I think what's so cool, you know, at Startup Weekend, you know, when you see people's eyes light up and say, oh, okay, right, that's how you do that. It's almost like they already knew they just needed a little bit of a guidance. They just needed a little bit of a push. I always think time is a wonderful tool to get people moving, right? So 54 hours to get something from an idea up to a pitch is a sprint. And I think it's a sprint that people will take with them either into their own startup or into their own business if they, if they wanted to do that. But especially, and, and where I think it's actually quite impactful, is taking these type of entrepreneurial tools um, back into whatever company they're working at and being able to take a different view and hopefully be able to kind of change companies a little bit from the inside and innovate, right? I've program managed some of the, the corporate innovation programs. I find it so cool, although they're different Startup Weekend and, and those programs, the core of it is essentially very similar, right? And that we need to talk to people, we need to communicate, we need to figure out what this problem is, we need to make a decision and we need to move. And I find it so cool that, that all these things kind of align. You know, I think we need to be more entrepreneurial with ourselves, with our health, with the way that we feel. We need to be more entrepreneurial in the way that we're running our business and actually be curious. I think we've gotten a little bit too serious. You know, I think we need to be curious. And, <laughs> you know, it's, I always have people, you know, as a coach, they say, Sean, what do you think? Should we do this? Should we do that? What do you think? You know, and my, my general answer is almost always, hey, look, my opinion here is just an opinion. It doesn't really matter. What you need to do is come back and tell me that 125 other people told you that this is the way that we're going to go. And that that's the way we're going to go, right? So entrepreneurship doesn't need to be all that difficult if we just learn how to actually communicate and, and be open to what other people are, are giving us feedback on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've often said that it, it's just a way of life, right? It's a way of thinking. And again, on right. your LinkedIn, you call yourself a mindset igniter. It sounds like it's a lot about yeah. mindset. What, what does that mean to you? What is mindset igniter? You know, it's amazing. You know, it's like this little bit of a switch. You know, I think when people can get into, into a focused mindset, I think that the world is literally limitless. But it's the mindset that's the barrier or the opener. And each one of us are able to literally, we can control, we can dictate what type of mindset we're in. It just depends on what, what tools we have in our hands to be able to do so. But when we're in that flow, when we've got that mindset, it's unbelievable to see the explosiveness that people can produce. It has a lot to do with focus. You know, I think we're, we're all suffering from a lack of focus. And the more that we can get into a focused state, the more that we can get into the present moment, the more that we can kind of get into this kind of 
mindset where we've moved all the crap around us away and actually start to say, all right, why am I here today? What can I do today? How can I serve? That in and of itself creates this kind of like perpetual energy inside your body that just keeps you going and going and going in a really sustainable way. I find that if we're not in that mindset, I don't like using this buzzword of passion, you know, but if we're not in that mindset and you don't have this passion for what you're doing, you're going to probably struggle. And in entrepreneurship, you've already got everything kind of against you. So I think it's really important that the first thing that you do have with you is yourself, is your mindset, and you actually are aligned with what you're trying to do. From that point of view, where you're working from your inner space, then I think the amount of work that you could do is limitless because it's focused and it's pushed in a, in a really nice direction. But there's a lot of cool things, you know, meditation to get you into a nice mindset. I mean, some people want to exercise, go hug a tree, you know, give first, give people things, you know, giving people stuff unconditionally, helping with coaching, servicing, do whatever it is that you're doing. When we give, we're actually getting ourselves inside that giving mindset and generating energy inside ourselves. We're givers, we're not takers. So the really, I think mindset is about just knowing who you are and trying to, to operate from that space as much as possible, because then you got nothing to lose. It's just all truth. <laughs> does that answer the question? I, I think it does. Uh, more, more so than uh, I was even thinking. I mean, lots of dimensions on that. <laughs> One of the things that that's what coaches do, right? I mean, you, you, you coach startups and you come up with all these things that help them focus and have the right mindset. But what happens when a lot of startups we work with and you've seen it, I know you've talked about it before, they sort of get very deep into it. It's pretty easy to get burned out, especially with everything we have yeah. going on in the world right now. How, how do you coach yeah. them around that? <laughs> so, oh, as a coach, yeah, I don't know, we've got a lot of different things that we do. But for the most part, right, try to listen to other people when, when, when they're starting to get a little bit burnt out or a little bit stressed. I think listening to your friend or, or being an ear for people is, is one way to, to definitely help you out. When we get burnt out, we totally lose focus. We totally lose track. You know, we become self-sabotaging. You know, I think we all know how, how good we are of doing that. You know, things that we can try to do try to be more present or read a book or do different things. I try to find what makes the other person tick a little bit that can get their attention away from what they're trying to do so that our minds can relax. And one mega tool that I've found in the last couple of years and, and is starting to become a main core of my coaching now is just simple breathing, breath work. We have like completely forgotten that we have this epic tool, our nose and our mouths, and we can breathe in our lungs. And, and we're getting so much energy from just breathing and from oxygen. There's lots of different exercises and techniques that you can do to literally get your body energizing, which starts to get you back into the present moment where there's no future and there's no past. And it's in this place that we start to remember that it's cool to be alive. So, you know, when we're here and we're breathing, just for that split moment or for five minutes or 10 minutes to have somebody be able to just kind of call it either tune out or be able to absorb everything around you and using that breath as a tool is just phenomenal for people's mindset, for their health. It can reduce anxiety, reduce stress. It can increase creativity. It can get you thinking in all sorts of different ways that you haven't been thinking. On one extreme, these can lead to you know altered states of consciousness, which in and of itself can create very creative aspects and, and, and creative experiences. So for me and, and the workshops that I've run and the, the kind of one-on-one -on -one coaching that I do, a core breath practice and implementing some sort of a breath routine is super key. 
And, you know, we're, we're very good at making all this sound very complicated. It's like meditation. You know, everyone thinks meditation is so complicated. We're supposed to sit down and meditate, you know, like, no, the whole point, you're supposed to sit down and just accept. It's actually the complete opposite of what, of what we think. So then we don't do it, you know, and then breath work can be so say advanced, like an advanced technique, maybe like a Wim Hof method or a lot of pranayamas and from ancient India and other cultures, or it could literally be as simple as doing something called a box breath. I try to do this every morning. You breathe in through your nose for five seconds, you hold it for five seconds, you breathe out your nose for five seconds, and you hold for five seconds. When you do this for three to five minutes a day, what you're actually doing, because you're bringing down your breath to five, six breaths a minute, you're bringing your heartbeat down into this kind of heart resonance level where your actual heartbeat, the energy is resonating at the same frequency that the universal energy is vibrating at. And that instantly calms you. So I would challenge you know, anybody to say, hey, see what would happen to yourself. Give yourself two weeks and do five minutes of box breathing every single morning and see how you feel. And I think the changes can be profound. And it's super simple. It's cool. You're teaching simple uh, technique right here. And again, yeah. always be coaching. So thanks for that. I want to switch gears a little bit because I want to hear from your perspective, what is going on with the entrepreneurial you know, community and the startup ecosystem in Norway? I think people would be really curious to hear your perspective on that from the rest of the world. Yeah, I think we're rocking. We have a phenomenal government support structure for entrepreneurs. There are a number of accelerators, there are a number of initiatives, there are a number, you know, if you were looking at sustainability, energy, there's a lot of funding that's quite, dare I say, easy. Obviously, you have to to fill some requirements, but there's a big opportunity here with, with the government helping. So I find that startups have big opportunity here. I like Norway as, I don't know what population, I think we're 6 million or, or, or something like that. And it's an early adopter population. So it's a nice spot to start. You know, and I think it's actually a pretty cool spot for any entrepreneur to, to come to because of that support. Now, I might get a little, bit, a little bit in trouble for my Norwegian friends when I say this, but I think we're, we're good with the funding. We're good with the support. We've got the structure. What Norway doesn't have is kind of this drive to earn or hustle and go out and go get. There's a little bit of like uh, complacency that I see with a lot of teams where they've gotten funding and then they kind of, instead of having that startup weekend push, we're saying, hey, validate this or what do people really think? You end up getting a little bit slow. But what's cool is that the teams that understand the funding and the teams that understand that hustle and really want to go out and grab stuff, they become very successful. And, you know, I wish I could say we've got like seven video games or a whole bunch of really fun, sexy companies off the top of my head. But I tell you what, there are some really valuable, impactful kind of unsexy businesses that are going on here, especially in industry and sustainability, energy and and some different things like that. So we're really strong in a lot of those areas. I always say, show me a company that's unsexy. I'll show you a company that makes plenty of money. Uh, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, you know, sounds like you're, you're trying to be a mindset igniter uh, for your friends in, in Norway as well. And all the work you're doing, of course, is, is helping that ecosystem and community. So expect more great things in the future. Yeah, I like early stage. I like that process where people are trying to figure out what they want to do, figure out how to do it, what's the next step. I really, really like playing in that place. So the more people that I can kind of energize and get ignited in this early process, the better. I kind of shy away from working with startups and companies that are past an early stage phase because it's not exciting for me. And, and, and I find like my, my skills and assets can really help early stage more so than, than a scaling stage. 
Sean Paul, I want to switch to the rapid fire section of the show. This is how we wrap it up. I'm going to ask you a few quick questions. Just give me the top of mind, you know, 15, 30 second answer. We're going to try to give a few resources for people listening uh, from your mind. Can you share a book uh, maybe that you've read recently that you think entrepreneurs should check out? Ooh. Deep focus would be a good one. Deep focus. What did you yeah. learn from it? That uh, all, all of us humans are different. We all suffer generally from a lack of focus, but there are certain categories of people. So some of us like to disappear to a cabin for a week to get a mega project done. Some of us need to do it in small little snippets in, in, in the morning and afternoon and split it up. So it's a really, really good book to kind of uh, managing focus. Great. Can I mention another one? Sure. Only? I'll give you two. It's a you bonus know, book. Yeah. Any book by Michael Neal and probably Inside Out Revolution. I find Michael Neal, one of the one of the top coaches on this planet, and he's done a really beautiful job of getting people, kind of what I was referring to earlier, and I'm inspired by him, getting people to, to, to speak from your heart space, to, to actually look inside and start here first and move out. So this is kind of that inside out revolution. I recommend anyone picking up, but if you, if you can bang out a deep focus and the inside out revolution, I think you'd be sitting in a nice beauty spot. How about in all your travels, you've lived in a lot of places, where's a place in the world you think everybody should visit eventually? (laughs) Tallinn, Estonia. I got that one on my list. I went and visited uh, <laughs> it's awesome. the home of GrabCAD and, and Teslio and other great mm-hmm. companies mm-hmm. that are there. Um, really cool spot to visit. I agree. How about a startup maybe in Norway or anywhere that you've come across that, that's early that you think people should check out? There's an early stage project called Mycelia that I've just been started working with a couple of weeks ago. They are looking at basically using mycelium from mushrooms in order to uh, build houses, build product, build essentially anything. It's sort of like hemp times 5,000. There are only a few companies around the world that are actually looking at doing this. And the, and the founder is a super mushroom geek. She's on it. Wow. I had no idea. That sounds cool. Yeah. Last rapid fire question. I saw in your background, Sean Paul, a little bit of professional poker playing. <laughs> How has that helped you in being a startup coach? You know, poker is like life, man. When you're playing poker and you were trying to do something at the poker table, you were probably going to lose. If you can sit at a poker table and understand that you are one of six or eight or nine people at the table and that poker is about a game of flow and it's about an ebb and you don't have to win every single hand, you don't have to push, you can kind of move with the flow a little bit, then I think you're going to, you start going with the wave of the game and start working together in the flow. So, you know, I would say poker's taught me to kind of roll with the punches. Sometimes it's okay to pivot. It's okay to fold the hand. And when the feeling is right and the data is right, it's absolutely okay for you to go all in. Love it. That's when you bet big. Sean Paul, uh, thank you so much for not only being on the show, but everything you do for Techstars, the entrepreneurs around the world that you're helping succeed, everything you're doing in your local community. It's it's leaders like you that make it all work. So thanks for taking the time. Totally welcome. I mean, my, the, the honor is mine. It's uh, it's super cool to have this chat with you here today. And uh, years later, having a chat with you and years ago was walking into a startup weekend, having absolutely no idea what I was going to do. So yeah, it's really cool. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Sean Paul. Thanks a lot for listening to the show today. We'd love to hear your feedback, ideas, or who you'd like to hear next on Give First. And please leave a rating and review, ideally a good one, and reach out anytime to podcasts at techstars.com. Or on Twitter, I'm at David Cohen. See you next time. Don't forget, give first.